Help yourself to a serving of Party 93.4 on your cell phone. Type m.party934.com into your web browser and listen to us on the go. The Underground Producer. You know, that's totally fine. I love short shorts. But if you're going to put out those thighs, and I'm so sorry. I think it was to my therapist. I told her, I was like, I am gay. And they didn't like get shocked and run out no, no, of the no. room. That's what she was paid not to do that. I guess. <laughs> All from one downtown Seattle apartment. I think your neighbor is taking a shower. A bath, probably. <laughs> the Underground Producer. Saturdays at 10 p.m. Eastern on Party 93.4. Cherry Divine is a spiritual messenger who works with not only mind, body, and soul, but also with what I would call life charting. She can look into her clients' past lives and the choices that lay ahead in their current lives in order to support them through their life's journeys. Cherry has appeared on radio and television and has a book coming out at the end of December called The Ancients Speak, An Essential Manual for Living. Cherry, welcome to The Underground Producer. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. I'm very excited to have you. Uh, I was just telling you this, and I will reiterate it. The reason I'm doing this show is I happen to live above a witchcraft store. And when I'm outside going to the grocery store or whatever I'm doing out there, I see people's reactions to this store, and they're all very different. Some people think it's evil. They you know, don't want to go near it. Other people run right in. They think it's great. Uh, and I know you're no witch or anything, but... <laughs> I find people's reactions to the supernatural world so different and so interesting. So I thought I would get in touch with someone who knows what they're talking about. Um, First of all, uh, tell us about you and how you came to recognize and embrace your skills. Tell us a little bit about them. Well, I'm going to start at the point of before them, because I was a person that did not trust anything or believe in anything. It isn't that I hadn't seen the metaphysical world or the spiritual world. When I was in my teens, I was attracted to astrology and then later on numerology, but it was nothing that I knew a lot about. And in my physical world, I had manifested all my doubts. I was an internal investigator for a retail chain. So you had to check Everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like like you loss prevention, that type of thing? Like loss prevention, but I did the internal part of it. Huh. Where you watched the people within the store, and everything I did had to be, um, had to have backup. You know, I didn't believe what was said to me. I made sure I had a video. You, you know, had to have testing, proof. Everything. It happened that my stepfather had Parkinson's disease, and he was not taking the medicine. And there was a part of me that knew, and this came from a very early on um, experience reading a book that touched some knowing inside of me that you could heal people with the energy of your hands. Hmm. This book was Illusions by Richard Bach. And in nowhere in the book does it write it, but at 16 years old, that that was in me. But you know how you put everything aside. Well, it happened that I was taken to my first psychic reading and they told me I was a healer. Hmm. And that and they suggested a Reiki class. And I was doing this for my stepdad for Parkinson's, not because I had this big drawing to the metaphysical or the spiritual. It was like last ditch effort because he was deteriorating wow. in like nobody's business. So I get there and I never actually learn at first the Reiki. Instead, I did what some people call a spontaneous awakening. I call it my activation point. And what happened through, and I want you to bear in mind, I have no idea. I walked into the place. Everybody knew the proper terminology. Um, They were, uh, it was amazing. And I felt like, you know, kind of the outcast. I sat in the corner and didn't say anything. Until the second day, and I was partnered up with the man that was helping host or facilitate this Reiki workshop. And he did, he asked me if I minded if he did a psychic surgery. Yeah, that's about what I said. You have to see her face here. She's like, what? 
what is a psychic surgery? I've never heard of that. Again, again, it's where you use the energy of your mind and tools outside of this world to go in and remove. I see it as a crystalline value. And of course, if anybody would have said anything to me about this sort of thing, I would not have believed him. Yeah, when he did this, the next thing you know is I recognized him as a son of mine from a previous life. And this was completely out of character for me. Did you freak out? No, because when I did this, I automatically activated and transformed. It was like that, instantaneous. It was living in a world of fear and doubt one moment, and then the next moment, just knowing. And from that moment, my world changed. It was... Yeah. So you start getting more involved in it. You start, you know, diving into it, seeking it. How do you strengthen these? You know, or is it, it just there? It was just there for me. All of the doubt that I had ever lived with was gone. And it is a process, though. I mean, I had this, but it's been a journey ever since that moment. Stereotypically, uh, you know, the media does all this stuff psychic portrayals of a woman in a you know fantastical garb waving around burning herbs and you know candles and they kind of make in a way a mockery kind of of what you do which seems to be some I mean you make a you make a living off of this this is part of who you are not just a job you know you're not just trying to dupe people in order to make money clearly this is a part of you um does does that kind of thing bother you do you think I mean There are people that wear various garbs and stuff into each their own. What I dislike is the various shows that really hype it up as some huge drama that, you know, they're doing it to to make it go out there and and, and be accepted by mainstream. And, And the more drama, the more it brings it in. And it isn't always like that. You're going to have bits and pieces of drama. But, you know, the one where you've been psychic forever and every night you're waking up going, oh, my gosh, you know, could you imagine living like that? Instead, it, it is. It's a piece of you. You'll pick up the information. You don't always know what it's for, but invariably the person or place or the thing that it's supposed to match up with comes in. And there's times it's very, very low key. How does this information come to you? Is it, uh, you know, as humans, we're very tactile and visual. Does does this information come to you visually? Is it something you hear? Is it just something you sense and feel? For me, when I activated, I, I came into an awareness I'm an unlimited being. So I have never placed a limit of any type on it. I get it through all of the senses. Sometimes it's just annoying. Sometimes I hear words. Um, I have, I'm what people call a channel. So I have communications come in from other dimensions and people will say, well, who is that? Well, it's a a consciousness of love that again, does not limit it. It's all beings that are here supporting, um, life on earth. Uh, sometimes it's like written on a blackboard. If I can't get the word, um, I will smell, hear, see all of it. Oh, smell. That's very interesting. Smell, I would say just as is one of the strongest senses. That's mm-hmm. very interesting. Well, uh, I'm going to interject for just a minute because something people don't um, are really not aware. I was an empath all of my life and everybody's empathetic to a certain degree, some more so. And it can interfere with your life because you're picking up empathetically people's information. And when you aren't aware of it, you draw it in as if it's your own. And that's on the emotional level, the physical level and the mental level. So you're bringing in all of this information. You go into um, overwhelm or overload because you're catching so much. And that was one of the main things for me when I did activate was that understanding. And I was able to decipher what was mine and what was somebody else's. Are you able to turn it on and off? Does it just overwhelm you? How does that work? Um, For me, being who I am, and again, I... There was a point when I activated that I knew this is who I am and I just stay there. So instead of turning it on or off, which is it's not what I'm meant to do, it's a matter of asking, is this mine or somebody else's? You know, what is this about? And checking. And I, te- I, I remind people how to do that within themselves because everybody's picking this information up, like I said, at some degree. 
are you are you bombarded? I mean, you have a family. You have four children. Is that correct? Um, I have um, a daughter and, and three stepchildren, two dogs, a cat, a husband. So, I mean, are you walking through your home screaming, stop, this is too much. I can't handle it. You know, uh, you don't do that. It's just a matter of I, I'll realize when my antenna's up and I'll just and I think of it as a little antenna on top of my head and just say, oh, OK, time to pull it in. You don't go around checking out people, but I can see where I've walked around open and it'll start interfering. But I know now to ask. And there's the difference um, where before it would just come in because I didn't know to decipher. Is Can you connect with animals? Is that? Uh, yes. Again, you know, and this is one of the things when I stepped in, it's unlimited. I st- um, animals, um, people who have crossed over, um, past lives, uh, you know, communications. And it, But the thing is, is to remind each and every being they're unlimited. And each person brings in as they are meant to bring in. So they chose. I chose to be unlimited and re- remind people of the lack of limits. When there's a limit, it's implied through the human mind. It's actually very interesting. I, we spoke on the phone prior to this interview. I always do pre-interviews. And your voice changes. Something about you changes. And uh, I could, I'm could. i a fairly skeptical person. I mean, I am not going to just, you know, hand a $50 bill to the homeless guy on the corner. You know, I'll buy him an apple. But, uh, you know, I'm fairly skeptical. And I could feel the energy change on the phone with you just over the phone. Right now we're on Skype, we're video chatting. And so you would think that maybe visually or in person that would affect that. But we were just on the phone. We had never spoken before. And I could feel the energy and your voice changes. And a skeptic might say, oh, well, she's just changing her voice to make it sound like, you know, but it really... You do feel it. And when I'm in groups, people will see the energies come in and out. They'll feel the different energies. Uh, Again, people pick up information in their own way. There will be people who see light bodies around me or standing with me or inside me. It's who I am. So, yeah, and it is felt. And I love it because when it carries over, even in this radio show, when it shifts and changes, people will be listening and there will be those who automatically feel a tingle or a chill or they'll feel a response energetically within the body. And it's a reminder that this is always in, in effect. Science has proven everything's energy and it does not stand still. So when we understand that, it's, it's easy to open up to it. You're listening to Party 93.4, the underground producer on Party 93.4. And if you just joined us, we are talking with Cherry Divine. She's a spiritual messenger and she connects with mind, body, soul. She reads energies. Uh, She's got a book coming out at the end of December called The Ancients Speak, an essential manual for living. We've been talking about how she came to recognize, understand her talents. Uh, What benefits other than the fact that you have kind of a wider spiritual existence what are the benefits in your life as in on a human in a world from a world aspect oh my gosh girl let me tell you remember me talking about earlier on when I was in that world of doubt didn't trust anything I really didn't open up to people I didn't have a lot of friends didn't believe in anybody I had acquaintances I you know I had my family But even there, I would stand on the outside. You know, I was the caretaker of the family. I have met the most amazing people worldwide. I have this connection of friends, and I honestly know they're friends the same as I am. Some have become family. It's opened up a whole new level of life for me. You know, you almost remind me of when someone finds a new religion or when they find God or something like that. And I don't know how you would characterize it, but your Uh, energy is so strong. Well, it's connecting to the God source. You know, that's how I can, you know, I'm feeling the connection to the God source. And there again, knowing we're all one. And it's, it is. It's just, it's been such an amazing journey. I, I sit back at times and go, oh, isn't this fun? <laughs> what do your kids think of this? <laughs> at first, oh my gosh, at first, I have to tell you, they thought possibly I would need to be put away, that I had <laughs> had my limit, went off the cliff, get the straight jacket. I, they were worried. You know, the husband, he, he was, was sure I was possessed. He wanted his old wife back. Oh, yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. Yet when you continue to be correct and right, and then they feel it, 
there's an amazing shift. They're very supportive um, and loving and caring. Um, my husband still doesn't understand it. It's not his cup of tea. Yet aren't we supposed to be remembering unconditional love? And it's a matter of, okay, don't see it my way. Don't do it my way. That's okay. Love still exists. So it's a great reminder there too. So I'm sure, I'm sure that you get all of the questions from people like, well, well, then why didn't you guess the lotto numbers? Why didn't you know the bus was going to be 10 minutes late? Are those, I mean, are those kinds of things that you can read or is it, is it really not that? It's not easy? what it's, it's meant to do. It's that doesn't serve me. I, I'm sure great amounts of money would serve me to be able to travel freely around the world and do what I do for nothing. That's my attachment to money. <laughs> That's it. Other than that, it, was, um, it isn't, you know, each of us are here for a specific reason. My purpose is not that. And, uh, you know, if you most people who are doing this and doing it at a heart level aren't there trying to get the lotto numbers. I will tell you something, though. Years ago, back when I was a single mother, I had a dream. And in this dream, all of these numbers came up. And I was very poor at that time. And they were lottery numbers. I went down the next day and I bought a lottery ticket. Thing is, there were two lotteries at the time, and I only bought one. All of the numbers came up on the other one. And there was my lesson in quit limiting. There's nobody I was shortchanging by, but me by not spending that extra dollar. So then what so, do you say to skeptics? I'm, I'm, I'm sure you encounter many, or maybe not. Maybe you surround yourself only with pos- positivity. Ah, no, skeptics come to me all the time, and they are sent for specific purposes many times so that they will feel and then awaken and hear what has been coming to them all this time. You see how easily we shift? Well, this is what occurs when one is sent to us. It always comes in the way that is necessary for them. For you see, they do not come for me. They come for themselves. And that is why I am here. Okay, you just felt the energy shift. <laughs> it, it is uh, odd. I, and I only say odd, not in a negative way. Odd as in you don't see it's people fun, doing this every day. Yeah, it's a fun odd, though. So it, then how would someone go about getting in touch with their abilities if, if that was something they wanted to do? You know, listen. Listen to what comes to you. It's always thrown right out there for you. It's when you ignore it that you keep your own abilities. It's the self-doubt, the skepticism that lives within you. You know, there are many people that all of a sudden, like me, I was drawn to a a psychic and I had never had a psychic thing and I didn't believe in psychics. And she sent me to a Reiki class, which of course I had no knowledge of. And what was crazy, it was set up on the month of my birthday and I had never paid that amount of money for anything like, I never would have. I was very cheap back then. <laughs> and and it, was, it was a chunk of change. And the first class was um, canceled. And so when they were setting up the other one, I said, no, I don't think so. I hung up the phone. And the next thing I know, I was compelled to pick the phone up and say, okay, put me in. So it's if you're meant to do it, it's going to be there. Um, don't compare yourself to everyone else. And don't think everybody's going to step out on this huge worldwide platform. There are so many people that are quietly sitting at home, supporting life, doing what they're here to do. You know, the comparison to others, oh my gosh, that keeps so many people, we're taught to doubt ourselves. Our our society says, don't believe in yourself, don't trust who you are, and don't, don't think you're, you're more than you are. And that creates so much doubt and people start comparing themselves to accept who you are. It's to believe in who you are. Let's talk about Reiki for a minute because I had never heard of this until very, very recently. Uh, how is that different from what we've been talking about? What, what is it? How, how do you use it? Reiki is a trained form of energy healing. Um, I, I use it. I am certified in it, yet I automatically send energy. And a lot of the things I put up are so that people will have something to, you know, uh, to wrap their mind around. Um, there's many, many forms of energetic healing. Um, and so it's just one of those. But energy that is sent in, usually through the hands, into the various chakras. And it's the intention is to heal. 
So, so if I understand correctly, chakras are like the energy spots in your body, correct? Right. right. And, and people are aware of the main ones, but we have thousands upon thousands of energy chakras within our physical uh, and um, uh, luminescent field. So think of a grid and as they connect and that energy comes up in the center. So you're listening to the underground producer on Party 93.4, and we are speaking with with Cherry Divine. She is a <laughs> spiritual connector. She's got a book coming out at the end of December called The Ancients Speak, An Essential Manual for Living. Um, it's a, it, I want to talk a little bit, though, about the other thing that came up when we were doing our pre-interview, and this may relate to the Reiki that you were just mentioning. You have a friend right now who's experiencing cancer. Just for all of the listeners to know, if you were to do a session with Cherry, uh, 10% of proceeds from all sessions she's doing go toward her her cousin Carrie's cancer fund. Uh, her cousin is 44 years old. It does not have insurance. She's a single parent uh, with five children, two of them living at home. Um, she's having double chemo treatments, and you know she's going through a really difficult time. Uh, there's a website for donations. You can go to www.giveforward.com. Just search Carrie with a K, K-A-R-I, and her website will just pop right up. Uh, but uh, the thing I want to ask about Carrie, you are, you know, Reiki is a healing practice. Yes. So I would imagine when someone close to you gets cancer, the first thing you might do would be sit down. I'm going to try and help in any way that I can. Have Does that work? How? Well, first of all, the, the person's journey is always their own. And um, Carrie's um, uh, religious beliefs are different than mine. And yet I do what I can do, and that's send energy, um, gather all of my friends, say, hey, let's send energy and love, whoever feels the drawn to it, that sort of thing. What's really wonderful is her sister spoke to her yesterday. And, and by the way, um, she had also told her sister that what I do kind of scared her because she was Christian. You know, and it is. For a lot of people, it is scary. Yet she told her sister yesterday that she had totally given up and was just accepting that she was going to die. She has um, uh, stomach and bladder cancer. The doctors gave her six months to one year to live. And she was, you know, saying, well, this is it. With all of the love and support that has come, it's brought her will to live back, which is allows her another choice. And this is something for people to remember. When you open up to other choices, you actually let that energy in. You have an essence that says, okay, I'm here to receive this. And that can let it come in to heal. Um, they can go to my Facebook page too, um, which is Cherry Divine Facebook, whatever, you know, type it in. I'm not the dancer. Right? <laughs> we'll put all of, her, of Cherry's information on our website and also on our Facebook page. So if you're looking for her, uh, you'll easily be able to find her there. Also, if you go to party934.com, we'll have that in our blog. Um, I mean, I had a mother who was terminally ill. It was fewer than five months between the time she found out she was terminal to the time she was gone. And you're very right about the fact that the will to live, I think, makes a huge difference. I mean, cancer that's aggressive is something that I, you wish you could just pull from someone. Um, and I think that, I mean, I would assume that if someone got cancer and they knew you and they were your friend, they would run to you saying, please take it away from me. I mean, mm -hmm. is that, is that practical? Yeah. Is that something that people are open to it? Yes. And they consider it a miracle. But when mankind remembers, they have the ability to heal it within themselves at any moment. They realize the miracle is truth. And that is something many people stand behind the idea of fear, not allowing themselves to accept the shift in vibration that heals or raises the vibrational body so that the dense energy that causes disease never exists again. It is opening the frequency. As humans, the, mm -hmm. the big questions in life, you know, is there life after death? You know, what's actually out there in the universe? The, uh, the big questions of life, what is the meaning of life? Those are questions that is part, those are part of the human experience. Mm -hmm. You have a connection to a deeper truth. So do you have those same questions? No. <laughs> it, it, but remember, I'm in a physical reality, and I, I love my physical people with me. There's an acceptance that we all move forward and that this is only one space that we, are, um, that we choose to exist in. 
And so I know that if for whatever reason anyone chooses to cross over, it is not the end for them and it's serving them in some way. You know, I, I know this. Now, I kind of go beyond the scope of, you know, moving up into heaven, harps and all of this um, into reminding people that there are infinite lives and infinite spaces that we embody. And that as we move past the physical, that we actually shift into a, 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 a stronger energetic connection and move into another area. Uh, actually, when when Cherry just said that to me, so our listeners know, because we are on Skype, that I don't even know how to explain this. This is crazy. I, I wish I were filming this. The So Cherry is sitting, I would say, in her kitchen. There are windows behind her, cupboards, there's a table, uh, some plants. And sometimes when she speaks, when she seems to cross over into this other these abilities, everything around her blurs for a moment. She does not blur. Has anyone told you that happens when you're on? Oh, the- yeah. I hear you would be amazed. Oh, and you would be amazed at the pictures I take when I'm in a gathering or a workshop. <laughs> Not very pretty sometimes. Let's talk about your book for a moment. Uh, it's it, it's a fully channeled book. What, yes, it is. what does that mean? It means um, it's energetically charged. You know, it isn't, again, the same as you feel the energy going from here, from me to you. It's all about activating your awareness, your knowing, and it goes in at the cellular level. Cherry, it has been fascinating to talk with you. For our listeners who might be interested in learning more about Cherry, you can visit her on cherrydivine.com. That's C-H-E-R-R-Y, divine, as you would spell it, dot com. She's got a book coming out at the end of December called The Ancients Speak, an Essential Manual for Living. And also keep in mind, Cherry is donating donating $10 from all sessions toward her cousin's cancer fund. Uh, You can visit www.giveforward.com. Just search Carrie, K-A-R-I. Cherry, thank you so much for being on The Underground Producer today. Thank you so much. This is so fun. Cherry, it's been wonderful to speak with you. And of course, if anyone would like all of this information, you're more than welcome to go to party934.com or The Underground Producer's Facebook page. Party 93.4. Nobody produces independent, non-traditional radio quite like us. The Underground Producer. You know, that's totally fine. I love short shorts. But if you're going to put out those thighs, and I'm so sorry. I think it was to my therapist. I told her, I was like, I am gay. And they didn't like get shocked and run out of the room. That's what she was paid not to do that, I guess. (laughs) All from one downtown Seattle apartment. I think your neighbor is taking a shower. A bath, probably. <laughs> the Underground Producer, Saturdays at 10 p.m. Eastern on Party 93.4. You were listening to The Underground Producer on Party 93.4. Today we're talking to some mediums. We are exploring the spiritual world. I'm with Marie Manu Cherry, who is an energy medicine healer, a medium, and a former nurse who focuses on healthcare and helping people realize their own spiritual abilities. She is the host of The Marie Manu Cherry Show, a radio program that airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at noon online. And if you're here in Seattle, you can catch it on 1150 AM. She will soon release her first book, Intuitive Self Healing, alongside a six CD series called How to Communicate with Your Spirit Guides. Marie, thank you so much for being on The Underground Producer today. Oh, thank you. Thank it's you so, very much. so exciting to speak with you. Um, I am so intrigued by the spiritual world and... And to be honest, I am a fairly skeptical person. So uh, I am always interested in hearing many different perspectives. And you have a very fascinating backstory. So first, I would like to start there. Can you kind of tell the listeners how you came to realize your abilities and the interesting story behind that? Yeah, uh, sure. Um, Certainly wasn't a plan. You know, I didn't plan on being a woo-woo lady (laughs) at all. And in fact, my family is pretty eclectic and unusual. And I really wanted to be normal. You know, I didn't want to be like them. (laughs) Of course, I'm now weirder than all of them. But uh, so I married an engineer and I became a registered nurse and, you know, bought a little house up in Pleasantville and Kirkland. <laughs> At least that's what my kids call our neighborhood. And uh, called it good, you know, okay, <laughs> I'm normal, yay. And um, while I was an oncology nurse at um, Evergreen Hospital, actually, you know, really close to my home now, um, I began to have multisensory experiences 
thankfully for me, and I'll explain, you know, what that means too. Thankfully for me, I had read spiritualities from a very young age. And so I wasn't freaked out. In fact, I was having a really great time, but I began to um, see and hear things that other people couldn't. And um, so I, I didn't immediately go, oh, I'm going crazy because I had read so much about spirituality and I was actually having a lot of fun with it. And it was, I didn't tell anyone. I was married at the time. My husband didn't even know. Um, and it was kind of like my own little private fun because, you know, I had three kids and I had a job and I'm cooking and, you know, I've kind of like this kind of, of course, wonderful, but boring suburban life. And now I'm meditating. And even when I'm not meditating, things are talking to me. And, you know, it was, it was actually quite lovely. And well, how it all kind of began is I was actually for really stressed out at work. I was having um, tachycardia, so my heart was racing in my chest. And I had seen our uh, local cardiologist in the hospital, and he'd done a variety of tests on me, and I was fine. And so he said, you're stressed. You need to start reducing your stress. So I started meditating, and I believe that was the, the ticket for me. Um, and during one of the meditations, I was, I actually joined a group cause I still don't meditate hardly at all today. It's not my favorite thing. I'm not really good at Some it. Some people say it's really, really hard to learn to meditate and to get good at it. I think it is hard. And, and the funny thing is when I do it, I feel great, but it's like, ah, uh, I'll just go for a walk. I'll go get a cup of tea. I'll go <laughs> right. right, you know, instead yeah. of sitting on the couch and relaxing. And during this meditation group, um, my very first experience was I, it was like as almost as if I had a camera that a camera that came down from my head and went all the way into my lower abdomen and I could see my reproductive organs. I could see my aorta. I could hear blood and see blood rushing through my body. So are we talking like <laughs> HDTV yeah, like, like or are we talking Channel. like an ultrasound that's kind of fuzzy and static? No, it was wow. in full color. It, it was beautiful. And, and I'm in a meditation and anything can happen in a meditation. Right. So I thought, okay, I know anatomy. This is no big deal. Right. Because you are a nurse. Exactly. You know, so I'm like, this is cool. And I huh. even didn't want it to end because I was having such a great time. The weird thing was, is when I opened up my eyes, I could still see inside my body. It was very bizarre. And it lasted for about four to five months. Right. Five <laughs> months? Five months. And and along with being able to see inside my body as clear as a, and, and I mean moment by moment. So as a cell was moving away or as I was taking a breath, I could see the Or as you ate something bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that. Now that would have been good. <laughs> that would have been good. I also had a vision of this etheric blue ball spinning in my abdomen. And it was this gorgeous ball, maybe a couple inches in diameter spinning in my lower abdomen. It was very etheric. And, and so what I started to do was to meditate with this blue ball, you know, and just kind of hang out with it. And, and that's when things really kind of, you know, went a little bit overboard where I would be with a patient in their room and I would have images, which I later realized were about their childhood or their marriages, or I would, their organs would start to talk to me. Uh, you know, and yeah, it was I mean, obviously weird. not like talking, but yeah, yeah, yeah talking, speaking to yeah, you, talking to me. Yeah. Telling me things about how emotions really clearly affect our physical well-being, And many of us don't feel our emotions. Our minds are going a million miles a minute mm -hmm. that we don't pay attention to what we're really experiencing in the moment. And so eventually I told my nurse supervisor, because I did work on call as a charge nurse, and I was really worried that I was going to pay attention to the blue ball or someone's liver chatting me up. Or <laughs> did you think people were going to think you were crazy? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I fully expected to get a psych eval and to get suspended. That's what I thought was going to happen. Because you are, based on science, you're a nurse. You know, right. you're trained. This is right. not... Like right. you said, a woo-woo lady. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I was really worried because the part of the charge nurse's role is to make sure if someone codes on our floor, and a lot of our patients were incredibly ill, that the charge nurse calls the code team. She gets the crash cart. You know, she, you have to be alert and fast and, <laughs> right. you know, quick to right. help someone. Not distracted by your own kidney that's <laughs> right. giving you messages. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I fully expected to get suspended and get this psyche valve from Dr. Sandman, which really scared the heck out of me because that right. was the name of our our clinical psychologist on the floor. So I was a little bit wor worried about that. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and to my surprise and shock, my supervisor said that she thought I was seeing energy and that I needed to start laying my hands on our patients. So then she was apprehended. No, I mean, how do you come to the decision <laughs> to actually, I mean, cause you could have lost your job. I right, mean, you very, sure. um, it wasn't irrational for you to assume that might happen. How did you decide, no, I'm going to, 
tell someone about this? Well, I'm, I'm a, I have a lot of integrity and I'm a very responsible person. So I even had a rule when I was a charge nurse that no one coded on my watch. So I watched patients very carefully. And if they were, if their health situation was becoming more critical, I would make sure that either their code status was changed appropriately or that they would be transferred to the critical care unit. So it's just who I am. And so you didn't want to have to hide anything about yourself. I wouldn't risk someone's health just Absolutely. because I'm having weird experiences. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So to my surprise and shock, literally, I did not know what to say. And she said, I think you're even seeing chakras, which I didn't even know what a chakra was. I had no idea. I'd never studied that part of spirituality. And I waited about three days. And then I went to a patient's room before to lay hands on someone. I waited three days and I couldn't stop t- thinking about chakras and energy. And I went to a patient's room who um, was actually a surgical patient transferred to our floor. So they, they didn't have cancer. They weren't super sick and they were going home the next day. So I thought, okay, I have no idea what I'm going to be doing, but I, I, I probably will cause less harm. Right. I can't hurt this guy. He's going home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was a woman in about probably her early 60s. And I walked into the room and introduced myself, which was, of course, great to be a charge nurse when you're about to say something really crazy. Yeah. <laughs> right. You think, yeah. Yeah. Right. No, it's legitimate. I'm allowed to be here. <laughs> yeah. And I, I remember her looking, you know, kind of uncomfortable. Maybe she thought I had like a needle or, you know, something to prod her with. <laughs> and I explained, I wanted to lay hands on her and she took a deep breath and she said, okay. I was like shocked by that too. Cause I had no idea what I was going to do. And so I did, I, I laid hands on her, like her mid and lower abdomen. And I had the most amazing experience immediately. I started to hear music literally like this, almost like harp music. I, um, was able to look into her body her organs started to talk to me I started to cry actually and and I had my eyes closed and tears were running down my face because when I first began to do energy work I always worked with my eyes closed and I I opened up my eyes because I was kind of embarrassed that I'm crying and you know I don't even know this lady and I'm having this weird (laughs) psychedelic experience and and she was crying too her eyes were closed and she had tears down her face yeah I'm sure it didn't last more than 15 or 20 minutes but it felt like an hour. But that's a long time. It's a long time. I was almost expecting you to just say seconds. <laughs> no. It wow. Just, it, her body continued to tell me story after story after story. I couldn't even hold on to the information. Were you relaying this to her? No. Or no, it's it took just... me a long time before I did that. And, and, and I, from that moment on, I began to lay my hands on anyone I could get my hands on. This wasn't something you had studied this. I mean, after no. the charge nurse said that to you, you didn't go home and look it up. Uh, after I laid hands on this woman, then I did go to a bookstore and I purchased a book and I opened it up and the first picture they had about chakras was exactly what I'd seen in her body. I saw these beautiful colored orbs. Like what the blue one that you had seen. Oh, yeah, but the blue one was in a wrong spot, you know, so the blue one's really in the throat (laughs) chakra, but I had issues with my wacky family. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I was just very fortunate that um, people let me lay hands on them. You know, when you look at can- cancer patients, um, they tend to be, you know, more open to alternative care because of what they're having to go through and the choices they're having to make. So I touched hundreds of people in probably a year and a half time and wow, developed, you know, my... Um, did this make a really big difference? I mean, did you see people healed and getting up and walking out? Or no, I mean, what are the results all. you expect from Mostly this kind of... a large reduction in pain. Oh, um, okay. More peace. And it took me a long time to be able to say what I was seeing because I was like embarrassed by it and thought it was weird. Mm. And, um, and finally I started to, and initially patients would actually not know what I was talking about. Like this one man, I was, his, actually his daughter was a respiratory therapist in the hospital and she had heard about me and her dad was in-house who's a patient and she said could you please go lay hands on my dad and I said sure so I went in there and I saw this image of a young boy while I had my hands on him wearing little knickers it was like the 1920s and he was running down the street um so I was seeing all these cars you know from um that time period as well but my overall sense was that he that a terrible tragedy had occurred in his life. And that was one of the reasons why he was having health issues. And so I told him everything, you know, kind of timidly, very uncomfortably. And he denied everything. However, his wife was sitting in the corner and she was crying. Mm. And she said that when he was five years old, his father had had a major stroke that paralyzed him. And he died a few years later. And, And he was the first child and he became, you know, his role started to shift pretty rapidly. Right. Yeah. Father's gone. So you're the now man of the house. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
You're listening to The Underground Producer on Party 93.4, <laughs> by the way. Uh, we've got Marie Manusheri in the studio. She is an energy medicine healer and a medium. Uh, and, uh, you know, I see mediums and energy healers from my uneducated perspective as two totally different things. Mm-hmm. It sounds like, I mean, are they related? I, I would say a medium to me is someone who sees spirits or can communicate with spirits. And right. then you're talking about healing someone and seeing kind of their their body and their right. S- energy, I guess. Are those things related or are they separate? It depends on the person. So, you know, there are some mediums who, and psychic means psychic. You're intuitive, you're intuitive, but some psychics are mediums. Um, Some intuitive people uh, only see the body and things of that nature. So it just depends on the individual. I happen to kind of be the one-stop shopping, you know, kind of (laughs) network where I think for me, it becomes a big part of the healing process when a loved one can appear and pass on messages and, and so I think that's why that part of my intuitive ability, you know, opened up for me as well. So you, the, uh, medical or the energy healing that you just described exists. What is being a medium like when you are interacting with mm-hmm. w- the spiritual world? Is mm-hmm. that what you call oh, it's it? so much fun. It's, I mean, it's, what form is it like on TV where there's just a ghost hovering in the corner or is it more <laughs> you sense an energy or I, how does that? Well, I'm highly clairvoyant so I can see here and feel things um, just like I'm seeing you. And so when a loved one walks into a room or next to their family member, I see them just like I'm seeing you. It it's not be- like see-through no. and really? Yeah. That it- is alarming <laughs> to me. I mean, I would freak out if someone walked into this. <laughs> really? Well, I think that's why studying spirituality at such a young age prepared me for what I do today because I'm not frightened by it. I'm, I'm Wow. You know, one thing to remember is that you live, you and I, living on the earth plane, we live in one of the lowest time space realities in all of the universes. You know, there's a very low amount of consciousness here on the earth plane. And so outside of our earth realm, there are much higher realms of consciousness. Like even in, in many dimensions, the word war or crime, or famine don't even exist. And so a lot of times people are afraid about their intuitive abilities or being multisensory, which is another way to describe it, where you sense beyond our physical world, Mm -hmm. because they think it's going to be scarier or weirder, but it's not, it's calmer, it's happier. It's, it's more real in my opinion. And, and I don't hear people's names who are passed over. It's I do occasionally, but it's very rare. So they show up exactly how they looked and show me personality traits close to the time of their death. Unless they were really vain and they died old, they show me younger images of them. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, and I know that. I'll say, um, I know they were 80, but they're showing me 55. And then the person I'm talking to will go, oh, yeah, that's Aunt Harriet. Yeah. She hated getting old. Yeah, no, you know? she never saw, no one ever saw her out of her makeup. Yeah. Exactly. That's so funny. So, um, you know, children... Mm-hmm. comprehend the world differently than we do. So I kind you know, their they're perception wiser. is very different, yeah, but I, I imagine it would be similar. How do you interpret an, a universe that you're not technically a part of right now? But why aren't you? I mean, you know, he, are you? Is yeah, that, I think we all are. I think we have a physical form, but we're really beings of light. And we've decided those of us who inhabit this time space reality, we decided to move into a physical body into the earth world um, because I believe free will is everywhere. Nobody comes here. It's not like you lost the lottery and now you're on the earth plane. (laughs) Oh God. You know, because some people think that way, you know, but, but the reality is that we choose to come here to have a life experience, to grow and evolve and to learn many, many things. And you don't have to be multisensory to learn and grow and to evolve. It helps to have, to expand our consciousness. And I think that's how the human race is evolving, but um, we're growing all the time. So I have to ask, maybe this is a naive question and I I won't get too specific after this, but I have to ask this question. I've always wondered, you know, a lot of people talk about reincarnation and, and you're speaking of the universe universes and energy world as if um, we can kind of choose to move in and out. So this is my question. Uh, For example, if my sister were to pass away, Mm -hmm. um, she would be in another energy realm. Was she always my sister? I mean, we think of these relationships in terms of sister, mother, brother. How does that work? If your sibling is gone, were they always your sibling when you see them? How do you, how did these energies relate? Well, well, you know, it's so funny because I didn't really believe in reincarnation until I started to see dead people and past lives, you know, and I saw many of my own when I began to become multisensory because I had to like move them out of my energy because we hold on to our past lives. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't always end well when you think about 
you know, the medieval times, 500 years of medieval times, not, not. Right. Yeah. And I'm thinking, did you have the same family back then? I mean, were the same energies connected to you? Well, there, it it depends on where our consciousness is. Sometimes we stay with the same group of people because we're trying to learn something. And that's why sometimes our family pisses us off so much because (laughs) they push our buttons instantaneously. Our roles tend to change, you know, so you know, whoever your mother is this time most likely wasn't your mother last time. Maybe you were the mother of your sister last time. And, or maybe your sister was a next door neighbor or a distant cousin. Right. And as someone on this earth, that's really sad to me because obviously I have such a deep connection to my mom or my sister. And so I would, well, I would want to say that, you know, I am always going to have that strong connection. I think when you have a strong bond to someone, you always will. But there are a lot of people who are even related to people that they don't like at all. And, and I think what's <laughs> That's challenging a good point. <laughs> is that humans work so hard to make our DNA relationships be these magical, amazing things when oh, maybe it was just your parents' role in your life to get you here. Maybe hmm. their role isn't to really participate yeah, and yeah on a deep level. Have a lasting yeah. impact. That's, right. that's an interesting way to look at it. Uh, I'm... The way that you came into this, the way that you discovered this, mm-hmm. you seem so calm and at, pe- at peace with yeah. it. Were you always this comfortable with what you're doing? I became a lot more comfortable. The more woo-woo and intuitive I became, <laughs> it's like I need to have information beyond our physical realm to make my life comfortable. You know, probably the most interesting uh, f- for your listeners, a uh, kind of medium experience I had was with a, a client and we are in my home and I work in my home, right? Yes. So people walk through the front door and then they go in my office and a man, um, I was treating a man and I don't like to know anything about people when they come to see me. I don't want to know why they're coming. I don't even know their name until they walk oh. in the door. I like to be completely clear of any attachments that I might make with my literal mind. Oh, gotcha. So he's laying on the table and I, I see an image of a girl, maybe eight to you know 11 years old standing near him on fire yeah she's little and she's not crying you know I just see her she's on the other side and she's there's she's covered in flames and and I'm, I'm curious about what this image is this isn't upsetting I would be so upset <laughs> I wasn't upset because she wasn't upset she wasn't oh, crying. okay she was calm and, and as an intuitive, you don't always know what the messages mean. Gotcha. So I explained to him what I was seeing. And he said that um, that was his daughter, that his ex-wife and his children all perished in an airplane accident. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, I think maybe like eight. I don't know the exact time period, but, you know, at least five years prior to him coming to see me. And his daughter was coming to tell him that they're still OK and everything's fine. And he had, you know, uh, t- taken really good care of himself he had gotten therapy of course he'd he had remarried and he now had a young son so he 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 was really happy that she was there even the way I described her her because he knew it was her right you know that she showed up in something that I would have no knowledge of. do you ever not I mean your daughter's standing here on fire I mean do you ever (laughs) just say your daughter's standing here oh no I say exactly what I yeah yeah because you don't shield people mm -hmm. from what you're saying I feel like if I'm getting information I'm my job is to report it because I don't know what it all means right and so I'm if I'm leaving out something that a spirit wants to translate to there's a, a reason that that's coming through exactly exactly so um we're talking with marie manu cherry here on the underground producer she is an energy medicine healer a medium and former nurse um you know you've got like some legitimate training you're not just some girl <laughs> who decided to try and be psychic um and she is she's got her own radio show the marie manu cherry show it is uh it airs tuesdays and thursdays at noon here in seattle on 11 50 a.m you can also catch it online we will post all of that on our facebook page and at party934.com um, marie has a book coming out uh called intuitive self-healing and it also comes with a six cd series how to communicate with your spirit guides um you are a teacher. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things you do is teach yeah. people. Can someone like me or anyone learn to have kind of the level of abilities you have? What can someone learn to do? I think so. You know, I think that we all are moving in that direction to be multisensory. I think some people are maybe more on that path than others. It depends again on one's past lives. If someone has worked, you know, apparently I, I must have worked in the, in my past lives with intuition because it's something that just clicked on for me. Right. Very quickly. Exactly. Right. Um, so when I do mentoring programs, I, you know, I, um, have people fill out applications and I look at their skills and their techniques because I want them to be as successful as possible if they join a program that I'm teaching. And so, yeah, I absolutely believe that people can have, 
their own experience as a multisensory person, as a healer or an intuitive or something like that. You're very intuitive yourself. You are. And that's why you're so interested in all of this. Oh, me? Yeah, you're oh. very intuitive. You are. You have a strong, pulsing purple glow in your forehead, although you fight it. <laughs> that's, that's pretty true. I'm pretty stubborn. <laughs> and, and actually, stubbornness is a good quality for intuitives because when you see a vision or you hear a word or you feel something, you have to hold on to it long enough to know what the heck it means. Interesting. So, so there are good aspects to being stubborn just for all of us who have that trait. We need to recognize when it's helping us and when it's so not. So if you just write it off, then that, yeah, I mean, obviously you're idea. not inviting it in. Right. right. Yeah. So what are some things, I mean, some really applicable things people could do in their own lives to try? I mean, you said you don't even really like to meditate. What are things people yeah. can do to try Meditation and... is a great idea. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it is. Yeah. In fact, even on the six CD series, it's full of meditation yeah. and techniques and tools. How funny. <laughs> <laughs> that um, that really do work. You know, they're absolutely work. So I, I think that what helps us to be multisensory is to be more conscious. I, I think that that's what really helps us to grow. And consciousness comes from knowing oneself deeply and intimately. Which is a whole nother obstacle for a lot of people. Absolutely. So, you know, actually dropping into our body, like moving into the lower abdominal area just below the second chakra or just, you know, right at the second chakra area and just start to feel on a sensory level your own being. Like, what does your skin feel like right now? Even if you have to put your hand there, right? Or hmm. how does it feel with your pants on you? You know, having more of a multisensory experience with your own physical and being moment. aware. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then when we have an awareness of our own selves, then our, our awareness can move beyond what we're not paying attention to. Huh. Very, I mean, this is something that I think even, and I've said uh, in different areas of this show specifically, no matter your religious beliefs or right. your uh, spiritual beliefs, I think that this is probably applicable on any kind of level, whether you want to be able to heal others, whether you just want to become more connected with yourself. It sounds like just paying attention right. is kind of the key in the beginning. I agree. What are, do you have any uh, stories of people who have, you've seen make major transformations that you've worked with? You oh, said yeah. earlier, you kind of don't expect people to hop up and not be, you know, <laughs> well, sick any longer. Well, but when I was in the hospital, you know, it was a different experience than having a private practice at home where people actually want to do inner work. Cause I really believe people heal themselves. I, I truly believe that. I think someone like myself, we provide opportunities. We move pure energy in someone's body. We open up their consciousness. I teach them techniques. But I really believe people heal themselves. I've had many clients with severe illnesses, even stage four cancers, still very much alive today, or have long extensions to their life, years and years. So you're basically just assisting yeah. then. And I think that's true for all healers. You know, hmm. People heal themselves because people leave here when it's their time. Right. And, and people get to make those decisions on their own as well. And so, you know, my job is to definitely clear out someone's energy system, talk to them about where they're blocking energy, where they're holding back to, to bring to light their fears and their worries and, and to teach them new techniques and thought processes. And I give people tons of homework to do when they leave my office because then they can continue to shift their energy. But people heal themselves all the time. I have many clients whose diagnoses are now no longer in existence from all wow. kinds of diseases. And then people living with diseases that wouldn't normally be living. And then people just getting happier, changing careers, right. finding love. That's a big life change, though. Yeah, creating financial comfort because you know health isn't just about our bodies. It's about every aspect of our lives. Hmm. Do you ever connect with your lost loved ones? Oh, do, you, sure. do you just like, oh, hey, uh, grandma, I'd like to, <laughs> is this more they come to you or you can kind of summon them? I can or? do both. And, and oh, in fact, even when I have someone on the table and I'm talked, I've talked to their aunt Harriet and their great grandmother or whatever. And they're like, I really want to talk to my mom. Oh, I haven't seen her. And then I'll kind of put out a call to her mother or the person's mother. And, uh, and most, I would say 99% of the time the person shows up, which is wonderful. Um, a lot of my deceased relatives aren't that conscious, quite frankly. Um, and <laughs> well, so you have to be conscious even after you're, well, you don't have to be, I could talk to them, but I don't think they could be very helpful to me. Quite frankly, my great grandmother who I never met, um, was a native American and a healer. And I had no idea that she was a healer until I started having my weird experiences. And then uncles and aunts started calling me that I was not close to and say, we found out you're just like grandma Lucinda, you know? And I'm wow. like, really? Yeah. Um, so yeah, she was, um, uh, lived in Oklahoma on a reservation and married a French man, came oh, wow. off the reservation, um, a Cherokee Indian. 
and um, her and her sister married brothers actually and um, they would do healings for people and people would bring food or work on their farm then do some sort of trade and so I do she's pretty busy on the other side so I don't get to really hang out with my great-grandmother as much as I would like but when we do get together I'm incredibly grateful my father's on the other side and he is just a, a a crack up he you know like if I'm getting ready to go on a date he's in my car giving me a lecture really? or, so yeah, you he's get to interact then yeah. still with the people oh, yeah. who are no longer here on earth sure. even friends who've passed away or clients who have died wow so good to have a relationship with them of course and that's well, lucky all, you <laughs> well I think that's why becoming conscious and multisensory is is so much a part of who we are that someday we won't need mediums that We'll all be able to talk to our loved ones and connect to them. I think that's the way it's supposed to be, that even when there's dimensional time, space realities that separate us, we're all really one, you know, and and we eventually we'll all be able to do that. You mentioned, we did a pre-interview recently, and you mentioned uh, how energies or people, whatever you want to call them, from the other side try to connect to oh us my gosh, and yeah. the efforts that they make. Is this something that is very important to them? Of course. You know, I mean, when you said, you know, what, you know, God forbid if my sister passed, I would be really sad if we could never connect. Right. And so people, when they pass, they leave our world. They don't have a veil that surrounds them on the other side. The fifth dimension is what I call it. Like the humans do. We have a veil that surrounds us. It looks like a placenta, actually, to me. It's pretty <laughs> dang thick. And, and as you, the more aware you become, the placenta thins so that we can sense in between this oh. world and the next. So people on the other side, they can see us, hear us, feel us. They know when we're sad. And, and, and their sadness or sorrow is not as deep as ours because they can see us. They know we're doing okay. They know when we're having a bad day. They're giving us a hug. We may have no idea, but they get to interact with us. And they would love it if we felt the same way, if they knew that, that we knew that they were okay. You know, they would absolutely love that. So yeah, they work really hard because when you're not in a body anymore, it's very different to move energy in the physical realm, like to move a penny or turn on. You can't like throw a vase to get someone's attention. (laughs) Right. It's harder. Yeah. And some people are really good at it. They probably don't even know it till they cross that they are, have mastered maybe year, you know, centuries ago, how to move energy in the physical reality when they're out of a body. So it would be possible. Oh yeah, it's possible. So I see manuals. I see people like standing by their loved one with a manual. Okay. We're going to move that penny. And they spend days, not days, but hours, you know, working really hard maybe all day long helping someone go I think that's my mother Mary Ann you know and then the penny moves and the person doesn't even notice they're like why'd that penny move how annoying would that be so (laughs) frustrating right or in the morning you're convinced it was your aunt you felt it or your mother or your husband or whatever and then by evening you're you've discounted the entire experience and they're over there going oh my goodness I'm exhausted and now they're questioning everything that, that they was felt. legit right yeah. <laughs> that would be funny. really frustrating yeah. um I I want to ask a earthbound question do you see these kinds of things applying at all politically or I mean we've got so many crazy a lot of negative things going on across the world yeah um I mean do you see this type of thing applying at all just to help change our world for the better here on earth I always wonder, you know, what if we got huge, gigantic, gorgeous crystals and we filled them with beautiful light and energy and we took them to Israel and Afghanistan and Iraq and Iran and we buried them deep in the ground, you know, would that begin to shift the way people perceived each other? Because when I look at that part of the region, those regions of the world, to me, it's just drenched in blood. It goes deep, you know, energetically, my perception just shows it going deep into the soils, deep into the rock versus you know, people always, oh, it's going to be better now that we've had these dictators, you know, removed from certain Mm -hmm. parts of the world, which is possible. I mean, I'm going to hope for that. I'm going to put positive energy in that direction. But it's almost like sometimes energy becomes so fused that it it can take a very long time, centuries, right, before things start to change. So yeah, I, I think things can make that happen. We can't force a group of people to change or a government or a dictator. You know, we don't really... Or a political party. Exactly. We don't <laughs> yeah. really have power over people. We think we do. We like to think we do. We only have power in our own lives. And so I think we need to be focused on, am I being the best being I can be for me? Am I making choices that have great integrity for who I am? Because that, that ultimately helps all of us. 
You're listening to The Underground Producer on Party 93.4. Uh, Marie Manucherry is a medium and energy medicine healer, a former nurse, and has been sharing her experience as such today on the show. If you're interested in anything that you've heard on the show today, you can always find us on Facebook on Party93.4.com. And if you'd like to catch Marie in person, if you're on the East Coast listening to this, she will be speaking live at the Squam Workshop in New Hampshire uh, in 2012, September 2012. And we will post more information about that on our website as well. We will put the links up for complete information on that. She also is available on online radio and terrestrial radio here in Seattle on AM. 1150 Tuesdays and Thursdays at noon and also online. You can also find her online at energyintuitive.com. Uh, I, I really want to thank you for being here, Marie, and for inviting me to kind of pick you apart and try and figure <laughs> out how all this goes. And also, before I forget to mention this, Marie has a book coming out, Intuitive Self Healing with a 6CD program called How to Communicate with Your Spirit Guide. Those both will release on March 1st. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. You're just delightful. Thank you so much for interviewing me. Marie, thank you very much. And and who knows, maybe I'll get some calls after the show or emails and, and I will be happy to send anybody your oh, way. Thank you. You are listening to Party 93.4. Our mixologists are certified fresh. Except no substitutes. Party 93.4.